Folks, you may be seated, but I got to ask, did you enjoy that video presentation this morning? Was that, a, was that terrific? I loved it. Could have kept watching it. It was really good. Brenda, thank you. So, Sue, thank you guys so much for that. Nick, putting those pictures together, thank you. It was, it was something to watch. And I need light. Folks, in celebration, excuse me, of this service, this 110th anniversary, this homecoming, um, I'd love for you to turn to Joshua 24 if you're not already there. We're concluding the book of Joshua today, and as nothing on my planning, this is a God thing, that we're ending this book on today, uh, which is which is really impressive for me to see how God works um, because it falls, it falls in line so perfectly with what we just watched today and what we're going to experience as far as our fellowship together and stories and things like that. But if you're in Joshua 24, look at verse 14, if you will. Verse 14, we're going to read 14 through 24. Now, therefore, fear the Lord and serve Him in sincerity and in faithfulness. Put away the gods that your fathers served beyond the river and in Egypt, and serve the Lord. And if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your fathers uh, served in the region beyond the river, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house... We will serve the Lord. Then the people answered, Far be it from us that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. For it is the Lord our God who brought us and our fathers up from the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery, and who did those great signs in our sight and preserved us in all the way that we went and among all the peoples through whom we passed." And the Lord drove out before us all the peoples, the Amorites who lived in the land. Therefore, we also will serve the Lord, for He is our God. But Joshua said to the people, you are not able to serve the Lord, for He he is a holy God. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your transgressions or your sins. If you forsake the Lord and serve foreign gods, then He will turn and do you harm and consume you after having done you good. And the people said to Joshua, no, but we will serve the Lord. Then Joshua said to the people, you are witnesses against yourselves that you have chosen the Lord to serve him. And they said, we are witnesses. He said, then put away the foreign gods that are among you and incline your heart to the Lord, the God of Israel, And the people said to Joshua, the Lord our God, we will serve and his voice uh, we will obey. I want to stop there because the people are are, uh, responding to what Joshua is declaring. And their response is choosing the Lord. And we're going to go over that today. As for me in my house, dot, 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 that is the title. That is the title. You know, in every verse that we read 
in the text this morning, except for two, the word serve appears. The word serve appears in almost every verse, which is our main idea. But the idea behind the title that I wanted to convey to you is that I want that dot, dot, dot for you to understand that the thought is unfinished. I cannot finish it for you, and you cannot finish it for me. But as we go on into this sermon, as we go into God's Word here, I want you to think about how you're going to finish that thought as for me and my house. Now, Joshua calls the people to him. This means he's calling the leaders, the elders, the heads of tribes, judges, officers. This equates to speaking to all the people because this message will be delivered to all the people through these leaders. So what Joshua does here is he gives a review of their salvation history, and it is a miraculous history. Now, the review is against the backdrop of the Lord's faithfulness to them and the fulfillment of all His promises, which we could see throughout the book of Joshua. Following this historical recount of these great things that the Lord has done throughout their history, further proving their gratitude, that their gratitude, that their worship should be to God alone, right? First and foremost should be to God alone. Joshua challenges them to fear and serve the Lord, both in sincerity and faithfulness. That's the challenge. In verse 14, Joshua is actually repeating a command. What we read in 14, he's repeating a command. When he says, now therefore fear the Lord and serve Him in sincerity uh, sincerity and in faithfulness, well, this reminds me of Deuteronomy 6.13. Deuteronomy 6.13 says, It is the Lord your God you shall fear. Him you shall serve by His name you shall swear. Deuteronomy 10.12. It says this, And now Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all His ways, to love Him, and to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul? Now, when I read the words, with all your heart and with all your soul, this reinforces serving in sincerity and faithfulness because you can't be sincere and faithful without heart and soul, as Joshua states in verse 14. So as you can see, this is not so much an invitation as it is a command to worship the Lord only. If the people reject the Lord, if they reject Him, if they refuse to obey this command, it's then that they have a choice. Okay, so you're going to reject. Now, here's here's your choice. And what does he say? He says, Joshua states that you can choose between the gods of your fathers or the gods of the people in in whom the land you dwell. Those are the two options. These are your options if you reject God. Man-made gods, idols of worship, if you will, 
These are the gods that Israel is called to reject, or like the Bible says, to put away. But these are also the two options that Joshua is putting on the table. Fine, the gods of your ancestors beyond the river, or the pagan gods of the Amorites, the Canaanites in whose land you dwell right now. Now, we know from past sermons where we explored other chapters of Joshua that there was a remnant of Canaanite people that were not driven out. We even spoke of this last week. Warnings were given because this was an ever-present danger. Now, were the people turning? Were they already turning to other gods? What was happening here? Was there an issue that came before Joshua that triggered this subject? As the leaders came, as the people or the leaders came and were called to assemble, we can't forget something here. In the very beginning of their exodus, we cannot forget how quickly the Israelite nation made an idol of a golden calf to worship while waiting on Moses to come down from the mountain where he was receiving the law from God. Well, how long is Moses going to take? I don't know. we got to worship something. Well, let's make something to worship. We're waiting on this guy. What are we going to do? That's how quickly they fell. So when we talk about an ever-present danger, when we look at the warnings both from Moses and Joshua coming from God, we have to understand that we are talking about a fragile, vulnerable people that can turn like that. And there are other people in their land And there are relatives of of families that worshiped gods beyond the Jordan. There is an ever-present danger here. So Joshua was once again bringing the people together so that the nation of Israel could recommit once again to the one true God of Israel, which they did. We see that in the text. They are arguing for themselves that, yes, we are witnesses. Yes, we choose to serve the Lord. The declaration you're making, Joshua, we're on board. From the very mouths of the people, they declared this. They said, far be it from us that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. Far be it from us. So their devotion, their intention, their focus was, on, uh, was to be on God. And in the text we see, what God? Well, the God who brought their fathers out of Egypt. The God who brought their fathers out of slavery. Their God who performed great signs and preserved them this whole time. Their God who drove out their enemies before them. This God, the only God who Uh, is who they said that they were going to serve in sincerity and faithfulness. So as Joshua places this challenge before the people, he reveals something awesome. He reveals that he will never turn from the Lord, that his worship will always be focused on God. And we know this because of what? We know this Because of that all-famous verse, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Now, I've known that verse my whole life because growing up, 
every time I, my grandmother had a front porch to the side of her house, every time we entered those steps, entered that door, there was a little plaque. Maybe y'all remember this. It was a metal plaque. It was a black scroll. It was rolled here, came down, rolled here. It was a little picture of a house. And then that verse. You could not enter that house or exit that house with not seeing that sign because she put it right there by the door. My house, my back door, which is my front door because my real front door is obsolete. No one uses that. But in my back, if you come to my house, you'll see a really cool chain metal sign that says, as for me and my house, we serve the Lord. I've seen it on keychains. I've seen it embroidered on pillows. I've seen it on Christmas ornaments. This verse is everywhere, even on Bible covers or Bible jackets, because it's so important. It's so, so important. But I want you to know something. By the end of this sermon, I hope that we can all agree that this verse should be placed on both sides of the door as we enter the house and as we exit the house. Every family member should acknowledge what they're reading as they enter and exit. Because that's what this verse is all about. It's about family. See, me in my house. This is not about a building. It's not about a house. Uh, this is about family. In Joshua's time, it would have been both immediate and extended families. Today, we're talking about immediate family or family that lives under one roof, which could include extended family. But we're talking about a family that lives under one roof. Now, the family groups back then would have made up the tribes, and the tribes would have made up the nation. We understand that. So while you may have extended family members, which is terrific, I'm talking about those that you have influence, that you connect with, that you see, these under your roof, okay? Now our church, our church is made up of houses that serve the Lord just like the nation of Israel. It is true. Families that are dedicated to the worship of God and God alone. In fact, He is our common thread as our families meet week in and week out. We meet under that common thread. It's really important to grasp what Joshua is saying here, though, when we're thinking about me and my house, when we're talking about families. we got to grasp this. While it is true that Israel functioned as a nation, Entering into and adhering to the covenant was a matter for each individual family. Did you hear that? Entering and adhering to the covenant was a matter for each individual family. Now, our church, since its beginning back in 1913, 110 years ago, our church has worshipped in different buildings. It's worshipped at different addresses or locations, and it's worshipped under different names. And while this church, which is obvious, has stayed true and committed to the worship of the one true God, the location, house, and uh, buildings, well, that is not the substance as for me and my house. That is not the substance here. Our slideshow, our beautiful video presentation, along with our history corridor, if you don't know, right outside the narthex here, on my left, your right, is what we call the history corridor, and it's got pictures, and it's got these little artifacts. It's really neat. It's set up. It's a wonderful museum of the history of this church. 
If you haven't got a chance to look at it, you need to go over and look at the things. It's awesome. So when I think about the history corridor, which I get to look through quite a bit because I work here, and of course the video presentation, I look at this and it reveals something on a much deeper level, a much deeper level. It's about the houses that made up the church in pursuit and worship of God. The families that we are talk about in our text, that we are talking about today in our text, they were eyewitnesses to great acts. Do you realize that? They were eyewitnesses to great acts, acts that they could confirm, they saw with their own eyes, acts that they could recite with accuracy, acts that confirmed and formed a foundation in the old covenant relationship with God. That's what they witnessed. These acts, these eyewitness accounts, this covenant that we're talking about, it will be passed on. It will be passed on. And this is the beauty behind for me and my house. Here is the depth and substance to understanding this verse, this declaration that Joshua made. The covenant and all that it entails will be passed on through the mouths of one generation and received by the hearts of the next generation. When I say, as for me and my house, we're talking about the mouth confessing to one generation and the next receiving it in the heart and believing it, passing it on. So it goes on and on and on. If you look at the old pictures out here, if, if you looked, we're paying attention to the beginning all the way to the end, we see families and houses that made up this church that passed on the story from one generation to the next and so on and so on. So just like the community of believers in today's church, those of us right here, right now, who live under the new covenant, our foundation has been confirmed through the apostles who were eyewitnesses to the life of Jesus Christ, even more specifically His death and His resurrection. Eyewitnesses confirming the covenant. So how important is this? Because these eyewitnesses, through their mouths, they confessed these acts. And the hearts of others, they received it. So how important is the heart and the mouth? Well, let's look at the 10th chapter of Romans, verse 9 and 10. It says this, because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. And this is what is happening in our houses. This is what is happening. We are confessing what we believe to others who will receive. We are passing on by mouth what we ourselves received and believed from another who passed it on. And I have to ask you, did it work? Well, I look around this room and I say, absolutely. 110 years of a church in different locations, different buildings, different, right, different names, 
The hearts of the people, the family, the houses that made up that church, continuing on, someone had to tell that story. Somebody had to confess with accuracy from their mouth the story of Jesus to another who would receive it, and then they would pass it on. That is the substance behind as for me and my house. So, well, here we are. We know it worked. We have visible historical proof in what we saw up here on the screen. We have visible historical proof what we could look at right out here in the narthex in our history corridor. Right? It's there. House after house, family after family, passing on what they received and believed to another generation who will be committed to the same process. What a beautiful thing to belong to a house where people are repeating this story teaching, telling, embracing this story. What a house to belong to. And this commitment, folks, it's made daily. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Folks, this is a daily commitment. When you're standing before temptation, when you fall and pray to sin, we can still claim this verse because it's daily. It's a commitment for all families. All houses. Do you guys remember the old hymn, uh, Tell Me the Old, Old Story? Y'all remember that hymn? It's not one of my favorites, but I like it. But I've always liked verse 2. Can I read verse 2 of this hymn? Tell me the story slowly. A lot of you like me to talk slow. I know. Tell me the story slowly that I may take it in. That wonderful redemption, God's remedy for sin. Tell me the story often for I forget so soon, the early dew of morning has passed away at noon. Man, that applies today. That applies. Tell me this story often. Hey, let me tell this story often. Folks, how is a house able to stand? A house is able to stand by living out these words. That's how. We will serve the Lord. See, that should be the finish to the thought of dot, dot, dot. It was for Joshua. So this is why this church, again, with its buildings, its locations, and its names, has been able to stand to this very day because family after family and house after house has made the choice to serve the Lord, repeating the story of Jesus over and over again and again. Folks, whether we're telling stories that look forward to Jesus or we're telling stories that look back to Jesus, we are telling His story. And we're talking about a story of love as the Bible itself, as the Bible itself is a love story as a whole. So our houses, our families, We need to tell the story so we can take it in. We need to tell the story often so we don't forget. Look how quick the nation of Israel forgets these great acts. You guys know what's coming. They're serving now. But if you know the Bible, you know what's coming. And it's not good. And the same warnings we are being given. This is why it's a daily challenge. It's a daily commitment on you and your house. 
So, I stated earlier that we need to be reminded, like that verse just told us in that hymn. Tell me it often, man. I'm going to forget. I know there's dew in the morning, but it's gone by noon. I'm going to forget. Tell me the story often. I stated earlier, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord, should be on the, as you enter the house, as a family, seeing those words, and as you exit to enter this world as a house and a family of God. I believe we need it on both. So when you say, as for me and my house, dot, 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 folks, how do you finish this thought? Because it's a commitment on you and your family. I can't do anything about it. Your neighbor's not going to be able to do anything about it. This is a call for you to confirm your faith and sincerity in serving God. So this story in Joshua, it prefigures the exclusive, uh, exclusive commitment to Christ as the one true way of salvation, which I believe all of us <clears throat> hold. I believe we all hold that to truth. Because why? we got to think about what Joshua was saying to these people. Folks, you cannot serve two masters. You will either hate the one and love the other or you will be devoted to the one other one, and despise the other. That's gospel truth. You can't serve two masters, which brings us right back to Joshua's challenge for the people of his day and the challenge that faces each family in this building right now. Choose this day whom you will serve. That is what Joshua said. Choose this day whom you will serve. Now, the people confirm, as we read, the people confirm that they have indeed chosen the Lord. He is who they will serve. And in this statement, Joshua says, well, then you are witnesses against yourselves. They in turn say, yes, Joshua, in serving the Lord, we are witnesses. Now, this takes self-incrimination to a whole nother level when you're a witness against yourself. You know, all will stand before God, either in judgment or reward. All will stand before God to answer for the life they lived, including the choices that were made. You will answer for these things. There doesn't need to be an accuser. The devil doesn't need to be there saying, God, let me expose this man or this woman's flaws, their shortcomings. Let me expose the different things they did in this life. The devil doesn't need to be there to accuse you. We don't need anybody there pointing the finger of blame at us. We don't need the finger of blame. Nope. There is no need to have any other witnesses to testify against us other than ourselves. And you want to know why? Because God knows all hearts. You are the only witness needed when you stand before God. So brothers and sisters, when I say you are a witness against yourself, I am talking about something very serious. Because you're the only witness needed. And you will stand. So the commitment, the daily commitment, to choose whom you will serve, the daily commitment to serve God and God alone, it's extremely important to the Christian. 
So earlier we are told that the people were to choose between the false gods of their ancestors or the Canaanites, but the reality is this. Ultimately, you are making the choice to serve God or someone else. You are making the choice to serve God or something else. That is the truth. Back then, it would have been a man-made God, okay? A sun god, a moon god. Maybe somebody saw the power of water and the life-giving sustenance that it brings. They said, we have got to build, make a totem or we've got to design a figure that we can attribute this power to so we can worship it. That's what they did. Maybe a powerful weather pattern came through and they were, my goodness, look at the strength of this weather pattern. We have to design something and attribute this power to it and let's worship it. That's what they did. They became gods. And the more gods that were created by man were passed on. And people believed these things. And unfortunately for the Israelite nation, they were smack dab in Canaanite territory where these, all these crazy gods reigned. Today, we do not look to gods of the past. We don't. There's no one in here that's going to go worship a sun god or a tree. Now, you're not going to go home and make something out of wood or metal and go, this is what I'm going to worship. No, you want to know the God of today? It's easy to see in our present world. The God of today is self. It's the self. We are the God of choice. We are the God of choice. It's all about self. Folks, go online, turn on your TV, go to a store, and you will learn what I'm saying is true. We're talking about power, money, self-satisfaction, wants, worldliness, position. It goes on and on this list. Self is the God, and this stems from the self. All these horrible things stem from the self. And are we all in danger? Oh, yes, we are. It's a daily commitment to choose to serve God. So the same question was po- that was posed by Joshua to the nation nation of Israel in verse 15, choose this name whom you will serve, it still stands as a question that must be asked and answered by you and me. For Joshua, it was a simple decision. Maybe it is for you. Praise God if it is for you. It was simple for Joshua. You know, perhaps all the great works that God has done in your life, uh, maybe you're constantly being reminded. Maybe you remember uh, all of these things. Daily you remember them. And praise God if you are. But not a lot of us can do that. A lot of us forget. Remember the early dew in the morning? It's all dried up by noon. 1 Samuel 12, 24 says this, Only fear the Lord and serve Him faithfully with all your heart, for consider what great things He has done for you. Israel was to recall all the great things and know for a fact that they are to worship the God who provided these things. We are no different. Are we considering these things? Are you? If you are, tell the story and pass it on. Tell the story and pass it on. See, God's desire is that we are intentional, that we are devoted, that we are fully committed. Team, you can already start coming down, praise team. God's desire is that we are intentional, devoted, and fully committed. He wants us to be genuine in our sincerity and faithfulness. And all of this is directed to Him, not shared. 
Folks, we're not sharing this devotion. It's directed towards Him. There is no room for two masters. No room for two masters. In other words, we choose God over any other option. You wake up in the morning, you come to the table, it's God and any other option. Who or what do you choose? That's what we're talking about. We all know, we know all of this is true, don't we? Christians, come on. We know all of this is true because we have heard the story. We have it. We have the story. We tell it. We tell it in church on Sunday morning, on Wednesday nights, to our kids. We can live out this story because the teachings start to uh, take over our lives. It becomes a part of us as we become part of the story. And this is the main idea behind this wonderful and famous verse. Folks, our house must be influenced by Jesus Christ. Our house must be saturated by the teachings of God. We need to dwell in goodness. We need to dwell in gratitude. Our house must be one of obedience. It must be one of peace, living out what God expects of us and who He expects us to be daily. Our house must be one that leaves room for no others in worship except for Jesus alone. I got no room for anything else except for my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, daily. Our house must tell this story. Our house must pass this story on. So I ask you, as for me and my house, dot, 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 I can finish this thought right now. I'm going to tell you that we will serve the Lord. How do you finish this thought? Now, I look around this room, and I know a lot of you very well. I know your hearts. You are, you are Christian soldiers. You are warriors for God. And you at home that couldn't be here today, you know who I'm talking to. You are warriors for God. <clears throat> it's easy to see. We watched this awesome video, and it was easy to see these Christian warriors that passed the story on, who actually received it as well. I, we, we, we look and think about 110 years out in the narthex here, 110 years of this church pursuing God and God alone in worship. This is who we serve. The people made a commitment way back when, and we make a commitment today. But what I'm trying to say is this commitment is ongoing. It's daily. And you are the only witness needed if you're telling me right now, not me, excuse me, if you're telling God right now, I choose to serve you. You are a witness against yourself. It is on you when you stand before God. Because if you're going to reject him, which most of the world does, and you're not going to choose him, you do have other choices. There are other gods and things you can worship. But of course, today we know it'll be the person. It'll be the self. So church family, I ask you to join me right now in saying five words. Say five words with me. As for me and my house, what? We will serve the Lord. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you are our mighty and powerful God, and we know of your great acts because we believe your word. Your living word, Father, we believe it. 
Lord, we know what happens in Scripture. You bring it to life for us. You illuminate us through your Spirit, Father. We know the stories that's been given to us for our benefit, even this one today. Father, help us always look to you, full reliance, full dependence upon you and you alone, because that's the worship that you desire from us. That's what you want. Father God, help us love you more tomorrow than we do right now. Help this church pursue you even longer. Let us add to this 110 years for as long as you will allow this church to stand. As long as we're here on this earth, let us worship you and you alone. So my prayer right now, Lord, for every heart, for every bowed head, my prayer right now is that you give us the boldness and the courage daily to choose you over and over, always choosing you. There's many things to serve, including ourselves, but Father, we're asking you to remove all that so we can focus solely on you and serve you alone. Father, every house that's built here, every family, whether it's children or grandchildren or great-grandchildren, aunts, uncles, you name it, I'm talking about everything. Lord, let us tell this story. Let us tell it often. Let us tell it often. Father, we're a forgetful people. It's easy to forget what you've done in our lives. Remind us of that so we can even further, Lord, just come to you and just, in your grace, Father, falling down before you, thanking you for what you've done and where you've brought us to. Because it's you, it's your great act. Remind us of that. Strengthen our hearts so that we choose you daily, Father God. Strengthen our hearts. That's my prayer for this service, Heavenly Father. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.